My name is Erin Bross, and this is The Dirt, Confessions of a Tree Planter. Art for this podcast comes from another tree planter, Bethany Davis, as part of her illustration series, Follow the Trees. This is a podcast about tree planting as a reforestation practice in the silviculture industry. Tree planters are a collective of people who spend much of their lives replenishing a logged area with new forest. However, tree planting is so much more than the physical act of planting thousands of seedlings in the ground day after day as a job. It is about the connections, experiences, bonds, and memories that last a lifetime. The dirt is a place to shed light on the culture that is mostly contained within those who have stuck a shovel in the ground. It is meant to dive deep into all things tree planting as a place for those to reminisce, relate, or to learn. So wherever you're coming from, as any tree planter would say, may the planting gods be with you. Hey folks, it's been a little while, Um, but yeah, I also kind of wanted to just like step back and let that episode get listened to, get shared, the conversations to be had, um, you know, what an interesting time. I didn't even realize as I was releasing the episode that the Emergencies Act inquiry was beginning. So, you know, that's been obviously playing out basically since that episode's release, I think to the day. So very fitting. And um, yeah, this conversation I wanted to release now um, while it's still, not while it's still pertinent because it's always pertinent, but just sort of on the heels of, you know, a loss in the community. Um, And yeah, after finding out about that tree planter um, that I shared about on the Instagram page, um, Jackie McDermott, and, you know, the tragic loss there and her transition, I had someone reach out to me just sort of talking about van life and talking about mental health and just you know, wanting to kind of have a conversation around that. And I was like, that sounds amazing because, you know, what uh, today's guest, Nate Federo, pointed out to me was something that I'd never really thought about. But when he pointed it out to me, I was like, I was like, yeah, I actually see a bit of a correlation here um, where he said, you know, from his own personal experience and from others that he's witnessed, and this is in no way a generalization, to everyone that lives their life in a van. Um, but that a lot of people who live in a van or who you know choose that lifestyle um, tend to have struggles with mental health or have had struggles with mental health. And you know, just even the kind of environment that van life creates, which can be quite isolating, um, which of course can in some ways perpetuate uh, some of these issues around mental health. Um, yeah, because, you know, you're, you're on your own a lot and, you know, have this space where you can kind of go and escape. Um, literally you can just drive anywhere, right. And just drive out into the middle of nowhere if you felt like it, and then just live there for a bit. Um, and yeah, so as he kind of pointed that out, it was interesting because I thought back to a lot of people that I knew who have lived in a van or, done that for a period of time and there there was a correlation there of mental health struggles um so that is just really interesting um you know it doesn't mean that it's correct doesn't mean that applies to everybody but um yeah I felt like that really warranted a discussion so that's obviously what we get into today as well as you know just Nate's introduction into planting, um, which was, yeah, you know, around his mid-20s and his journey with almost like his own evolution, not just of tree planting and as a tree planter, but also of van life. Um, Because as you listen to this conversation, he sort of started small and has, you know, continually like upgraded, which, you know, is very common, whether you're like a full-time van lifer or you're just like a tree planting season van lifer that, yeah, it's like we slowly upgrade sort of higher and higher off the ground. <laughs> um, at least that was the case for me where it was like, yeah, went from sleeping in a tent to then sleeping in a vehicle. Um, and then often people will transition, you know, into something like a trailer too, basically getting cushier and cushier because, I mean, why not? Life is short, right? So, um, yeah, so this is a great conversation and it just kind of touches on some of the things that Jackie's story 
brought up in the community and brought up with, you know, some of us anyways, being myself and, and Nate and I imagine others. Um, so yeah, I hope this is kind of a testament and a tribute to, to all of those people, um, you know, living van lives, choosing van lives, um, choosing to transition out of this world. Um, yeah, just a tribute to all of that, all rolled up into one basically. And, um, yeah, just a, a beautiful insight for those of you who, who haven't lived that life of, of what it, what it can be like essentially. And, and just opening the dialogue basically. So hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, Nate, uh, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. And uh, thanks for reaching out. So yeah, I've never met you before. I know nothing about you and uh, the listeners probably don't either. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm a four-year tree planter. I did my start at Torrent about four years ago, just before the COVID season. And um, kind of cut my teeth there and been kind of working all over BC ever since. So uh, everything but kind of the south and um, mostly Prince George, I guess. But uh, yeah, so home is the north for me and kind of just living the van life ever since and kind of living on, on the road since I was found tree planting. I'm a little bit older. I'm 28 now and I only started when I was 24 so I got into it a little bit late but better late than never I guess they always say but yeah no I was I was gonna ask um you know it's a segue or uh or whatever like off of that question whatever the term is for that uh how you got into tree planting because you said yeah you were a little bit older so how did that all come about um I met a girl and uh, her family's really into it, and I kind of got into it from there and kind of just realized what it could be and what kind of access I could have to time and freedom and the ability to make money in the summer in British Columbia is kind of a hard thing sometimes and to keep it consistent. So mm-hmm. it was a big eye-opener, which is pretty pretty awesome to be living through and to be continuing on. So are you originally from BC then? I was born in BC, but um, I moved to Ontario. So I made the exodus back here as soon as I could. Okay. And just kind of working a lot of ski resort jobs through the winters and kind of trying to find something to match that in the summers. And then once I found tree planting, I think that was kind of just game over. I found what I needed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious you know, when you started, you're a little bit older, you did it through somebody else, which of course is the case for a lot of people. Um, But yeah, did you have sort of any expectations or perceptions before you went to go do it? Um, And yeah, like, what was that experience like, initially sort of showing up into it? You know, was it what you expected? Um, You know, better, worse, all those kind of things when you were a rookie? I didn't really have a lot of expectations. I'd kind of heard that it was a tough job, but I had a background as a student athlete, like I think a lot of us do. Um, well, some of us, but um, yeah, I kind of thought it would be just a fun summer, try and give myself some time to figure some other life stuff out. And I realized really quickly that I could excel and what value the the labor had so it was I think looking back it was pretty tough just to push through every single day and especially through some of those wells rainy days just consistently it was really tough my first season second season going into it I understood a little bit more but I still had some of that you know rookie crust and kind of expectations for what it should be and then I stepped out of that company and went to kind of more of a rookie mill and and I saw the way that things really could be and 
that really opened my eyes to tree planting day in and day out is just a crapshoot and there's no such thing as bad land just sometimes bad pricing I guess mm -hmm. so pushing through every day has been a, a season goal and I think most of us can relate that some days are definitely harder than others but just making making it through the fourth season now it I've developed more of a love for it and less of a hate relationship with it yeah no totally um I'm curious as well because you mentioned that you're an athlete and yeah there's a lot of us that have come from those kinds of backgrounds so you know just thinking about my own experience with it I'm curious for you how that transition was or if it kind of took the place of sports for you um like I don't know if you were you know in school beforehand in your early 20s and if you were playing sports a lot then or you know like what if any uh of a place did tree planting have within yeah that that life as an athlete and identifying as an athlete when you were younger I guess after high school I kind of put the athlete life aside I had spent mm -hmm. I was a rower in high school, so that took up sometimes six, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. And that's just whether it was training through the off seasons, five days a week, or when we got to the water, it was seven days a week. So it took up a lot of my younger years, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, and I think when I hit my 20s, I kind of wanted to just go out and find myself a little bit more and was trying a lot more things. I spent more time skiing, just it was an easier way to express myself a little bit more of a social atmosphere. And then I kind of was missing sports a lot. And you say that like, what role did tree planting kind of fit into that? It, it was the need for that physical expression that I had kind of just pushed aside for a couple of years and kind of was doing other things but it it's that everyday rhythm again that I think is really satisfying the the physical aspect of it is so satisfying so it did really just put it back into place and then the competitiveness everything about tree planting kind of fit into that athletic role that I once had and once spent so much time on and yeah to give it up and not do anything for so many years that is like team aspect or even just like solo sport aspect it's it was really really nice and really good for my soul I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so you know you mentioned of course that you've done it for four seasons now um yeah like are you you know are you still planning to continue doing it? And um, yeah, just like reflecting on, you know, having done it for four years, like how, how does that sort of feel for you now? Sort of saying that, like, did you expect to be here essentially? Did you expect to keep doing it? Um, and yeah, just, just like how that's all sort of feeling for you. Cause yeah, you really only had one, um, what I will call, more quintessential tree planting season before everything got pretty weird so I'm curious yeah just about about all of that and your experience and your decision to keep keep going back well we all say that like the money is the one thing that keeps us going back and it's going to be 100% true for me I don't see myself in a lot of ways making sometimes the money that I can so I'd love to continue doing it for years to come because it does give me the ability and the resources to chase the longer dreams, the longer term goals that I have for myself and in career essentially. But I've been kind of working my way into leadership just in a career in general so I could see myself progressing with the silviculture and tree planting industry as a whole throughout my life mm -hmm. just because it the industries that I'm in are so seasonal like there's nothing really to do in silviculture in the winter unless you're 
really dedicated to get out there. And for my skiing, I don't feel like chasing winter around the world. So that's only one season as well. So having two, two careers that essentially go hand in hand mm-hmm. is a really good fit for me just to have that regular irregularity in a sense. Yeah, no, I can completely relate to that because uh, that's basically been the last uh, 12, 13 years of my life um, or even like the better part of 15. So yeah, just doing different types of seasonal contract jobs basically. So um, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, they, they sort of fit together really nicely. So, so I definitely- Yeah, so that. I will just continue doing this sort of as long as it fits my lifestyle. And I think, yeah, I don't see change for the, at least near future. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, sort of a bit on my last question and even just with everything that you've said, I'm curious how tree planting has changed or impacted your life in the last, you know, four or five years. It, um, you know, it gave me a sense of community. Like I found that there's so many people to relate to in a tree planting camp and with changing camps and kind of taking those contracts here, there and everywhere, you meet so many different people and so many walks of life and kind of get to build this community and I don't know, just it's given me the community that I needed when I was looking for it in the first four years of my twenties. And so just like that camaraderie that you get when you're in like high school people all looking towards the same goal Um, and then just with everybody that's kind of in the same sort of boat you have a lot of people that you can relate to and people that relate to you so getting through tough times isn't the worst because people you've seen people in worse times you've seen people in better times and there's so many friends around that it's just hard to think about too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, sort of on what I was asking you earlier, I'm sort of curious now, this just kind of came up as you're talking about this because you had, like I said, one season before everything got weird. So I'm curious, you know, you only had that one season. So, you know, maybe that's like a good or a bad thing for comparison, but I'm curious since then now, like, do you feel like planting... Uh, or your experience of planting has gotten, has gone back in any way to how it was in 2019? Or has it just kind of stayed a different experience from what you had your first season, which is, you know, maybe sometimes kind of hard to answer because your first season is always so different anyways. But I haven't actually asked anybody this. And I mean, I've had my own experience with it, but I'm, I'm just sort of curious, like, what you think about that? Well, I am kind of moved out of the camp lifestyle and I was on a motel show contract this year Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit of a smaller company a little bit of a smaller crew that we were working with so it was hard to say uh whether it was very different but I know in my third year when I was more in camps it was starting to relax out a little bit and I found almost the solidarity or like the the way that the covid made it it sort of brought more people together it kept people closer Mm -hmm. we were kind of forced into the same crowd i remember my first year i as long as as well as a lot of other people would just spend our kind of weekends or days off kind of every other one away and i was able to save a lot more money through the COVID years than I did my first year that's kind of it's hard to say whether that was like me making more money or if I was actually just smarter with it but yeah yeah. I've definitely seen some improvements and some positives come out of the whole 
whole situation. Mm-hmm. So there's that to be said. I mean, hygiene is one thing. Everybody's kind of more uh, conscious about the cleanliness in a sense, but I don't know. It's for me, it's so hard to say because I've moved to a different style of contract, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and yeah, on that note, um, obviously, yeah, like you said, there's sort of been changes and evolution within your planting career already. Um, but just with like the highs and lows of the job, I always ask everybody these questions. Um, and just, you know, kind of first thing that comes to mind usually is probably best. Uh, but what is your favorite tree planting memory thus far? My favorite tree planting memory. When I I get asked that, my mind immediately goes to all like the different views that I've seen. Sometimes it's just like the different little flowers that I get to see. So I think like just the whole experience of being out, it, it floods. Actually, there was one really great memory and it brought me and a friend pretty close my first year with a grizzly bears scenario and it scared the crap out of both of us but everybody was fine in the end and I can just see smiles on faces after and everybody giggling and laughing yeah well that kind of segues nicely into part two of that question um because initially that would probably be uh, not such a pleasant experience. Uh, what is your worst tree planting memory? Which I'm sure there's many in the vault, but yeah, first one that comes to mind. I think the first one that comes to mind is when, like, I finally got the truck stuck. I was working for um, a pretty good friend my second year. And he trusted me a lot with the truck. And I uh, I was following him on the quad. And I thought I was taking a really good line. And I got myself stuck. And I was kind of bummed. But it was a bad time to get stuck. Because everybody was pretty pumped on going to a new block. And getting into some good land after a couple of hard days. So... It was just a pretty, pretty tough day for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to happen to everyone at some point. So <laughs> yeah. no one is excluded from that. I don't care what people say. <laughs> yeah, it, if it hasn't happened yet, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. doesn't matter how many years you've been in it. It will. I've seen people get yeah. stuck for the first time, like on their like 12th year. So it's a thing. <laughs> Um, so you kind of already alluded to this a little bit already, but I'll, I'll ask the question directly to you. Um, how long, you know, if, if, you know, you do plan on it, if you're just kind of like seeing how it goes year to year, but just with your future in tree planting, like how long do you plan to plant for into the future, like as a planter, or do you intend to kind of move up the ranks a bit or I know you mentioned like just forestry in general but um yeah curious as to your thoughts on that at least at this moment if I were to put a number on it I think my body has three probably solid years of excelling tree planting left Mm -hmm. in me Mm -hmm. if I were to really give her um after that I think I may want to think about adjusting and or just slowing down and understanding that you know every day can just come and go as long as I hit kind of a base number I don't have to be going the hardest every day or competing with the youngest people every day so I think three is probably a realistic number to kind of keep in the back of my head Mm -hmm. and then like do you ever plan on you know, formatting or like going any of that route or at this point, do you feel like, you know, you would only want to be a planter and then you would, you know, explore other, other opportunities, other things? Well, this year I took on a little bit more of a responsibility role 
I um, got the opportunity to rent my own truck out to the company that I was working for. And so driving my own truck and kind of showing that first step in responsibility and taking on a little bit more of my own. Um, I was given a few blocks where I went out with a couple of people and or just finished up a couple blocks and kind of started getting into that responsibility side of everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any problem or any way that I wouldn't be able to continue doing that. Um, I just, I kind of like the balance of the idea of six packs, like the plant and kind of supervise and just kind of chip away at small technical work instead of just going hard every day. So I can see that as an evolution for myself in the future, but I'll let it come as it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay. So yeah, let's like shift gears here a little bit. Um, let's talk about van life a little bit. So I'm curious, um, you know, when that started for you, what inspired you to do it? Um, I'm sure there's like a factor of, of planting in there, but just like, you know, how that all came about for you and yeah, like that, just that whole process and how long it's been, been a thing in your life. Well, it's, um, it started kind of the same time as tree planting started. Um, I guess it's always been a vision that I've been able to have or have had in the past of just the idea of van life. But with the way that tree planting is my first year, I think, I think it was the third or fourth day in we had a snow day woke up to like I think it was four centimeters or something on the tent everything was blanketed nicely and the girl that I was with looked at me and said like this is insane if we have to keep dealing with this look at all those people with vans and campers I'm sure we could pick up one pretty cheap and sure enough I think it was like the next day off or two days off from there we kind of had our first minivan to live out of for a camping or for a planting season and um yeah we started to try to figure out how to make it comfy and then that kind of started with its own project and then realized needed more space so next year I think it was yeah the following season uh upgraded but uh yeah we tried doing as much time in the little minivan as we could. I think I ended up spending most of the first winter kind of touring around in it. Um, there was a lot of couch surfing at that time too and kind of hanging out with friends and family. And um, yeah, and then kind of the next tree planting season came around, had it all set up figured out what we needed to make it super comfortable um made it through that season with the minivan got into a bigger van for the next season and i've spent two years in that van and then sold it last summer and now i'm in like a camper style on the back of a pickup truck a lot more space for me and my dog and um, kind of making that as home for now it's fully winterized, so no like no worries in the winter, cooking, fridge. It's kind of cushy compared to what I first started in. Yeah, so it sounds like for you anyways, there's kind of been like a progression of trial and error and then sort of like upgrading and changing it up until you found what was sort of best for you. Yeah, you figure out what your needs are pretty fast and what kind of space needs you're you're requiring and and it's kind of fun just to be able to be like hey I want to change this up feng shui we're going to change it up today or mm-hmm. kind of move something around or add something to it to make it more homey mm-hmm. yeah so I'm curious because obviously it's something that a lot of people do for planting um like I've I've like yeah camped or lived like in my jeep um during planting seasons and stuff I've done a little bit outside planting but never like 
the only time I've done it full time is during planting. So I'm curious, since you kind of started it as you went planting, you know, the differences between doing it as a planter and then doing it like in the off season and, you know, how that whole thing went for you. Cause I, I would think, you know, not being someone that's done the van thing full time year round, but I would think that it's probably easier to do while you're planting. Cause it just, it kind of caters to it where it's like, you always have a place to park. You've got showers, you've got shitters, you've got, you know, food being made for you a lot of the time. Um, if you're like in a camp and, you know, all these things that are a lot easier versus when you're not tree planting, then you have to, you know, deal with all those things constantly. Um, so I, I'm curious, like your thoughts on that. It's definitely an adjustment to go. You kind of are pampered when you're in a, a camp and it doesn't totally prepare you for figuring out all those things for the off season. Um, like I learned, I started kind of showering in Husky gas stations kind of on the road and kind of just figuring out where to park. And then I kind of learned that, oh, there's a, an app for people who are doing this. I Overlander, it's probably one that I recommend all my friends. And okay. that kind we'll of put, We'll put that in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it helps kind of find like where to find water, where to find decent places to park that you're not gonna get bothered. I remember, couple of times I parked in wrong spots and cops are bugging me and so there's always the little stresses of like am I in a safe spot and is my vehicle doing okay um it's not just you live in a house and kind of have everything there for you you gotta kind of work to get some of your necessities kind of in order on a daily basis and keep everything organized. I know in the smaller vans, there was always a, a kind of evening shuffle from everything in the back that was all over the bed into the front seats and then back in the morning. And it's an extra step on basically every necessity of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you found the easiest about van life. easiest Hmm. I think the easiest is probably food and like sleeping at night I think those were the two easiest things that I can consider Mm -hmm. cooking it was never really It's never really out of the realm. I think now that I'm in a camper, it's a little bit different. And where I sleep and when I sleep has gotten really easy. I've gotten to like trust certain places or certain styles of places. But I'm also a guy, so I have a little bit more trust in some spaces than others. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But yeah, I think those would be the two easiest. And then obviously, alternatively, what have you found the most difficult about this lifestyle? I think it would probably just be holding down like solid long-term like friendships. I get a lot of like, I mean, acquaintances. I meet so many people on the road. Um, but to like set up in a spot for long periods of time and really like develop that has been tough. Mm -hmm. I've been able to kind of hold down my, my little community definitely isn't as big as many people's, but it, it is quality for sure. So I have that to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, this is something obviously that kind of spurred this discussion that we're going to get into a little bit more here. Um, you know, where you, where you were sort of talking about this perception or, 
this view of the culture of van life and, you know, like expectations versus reality kind of thing and social media and all these things. So before we get into that a little bit more, I'm curious what you think personally about the culture of van life, like just how it's sort of seen by the world, I guess, or like portrayed on social media or even the ways that you saw it before you kind of got into it. Cause of course, someone who is living it, um, I feel like you would have certain, you know, a better, a better take on it than say myself to talk about like the, the culture of it and how, how accurate or inaccurate it is. I think it's really dependent on everybody's experiences, um, how into it you really get, how much you rely on your kind of van as your home or your, your tiny home in, in a sense. So my personal experience is that it definitely kind of wore out really fast. The, the honeymoon period has definitely gone, but I've seen that there's value in being able to save money to not have to be scrambling to find rent for a couple months at a time or a few months at a time. So I, I definitely idealized it before getting into it and before really gritting my teeth. And when I was cutting my teeth and understanding what it needed, what you need to actually get through it, it's, uh, it's definitely an eye opener. Mm -hmm. I'm curious too, like why you've decided to keep you know, basically since you started planting. So for like, you know, at least like four or five years now, you know, you've kept choosing this lifestyle. So I'm curious as well, why you've kept choosing it and why you haven't just like, yeah, like rented a place or, you know, done something different. Um, you know, why you've basically kept choosing to upgrade or experiment with things and, and still sort of live on the road. I was kind of talking about it before that it's, there's these like positives that I can kind of rationalize in a sense that, you know, it's uh, you pay one price and you keep that for as long as you can keep your van or camper kind of in its working and safe, healthy, clean condition. Mm -hmm. um, so the, numbers side of me says it's it's working and i've seen kind of my financials turn around my credit being able to come up because i'm not worried about that constant payment for mm -hmm. or kind of blowing that outrageous pricing for some places that i prefer to stay i prefer to be in british columbia kind of year round and sometimes i prefer to have this like ability to kind of on a whim just have my life sit in sit on the river for a couple of months or a couple weeks go up to the mountains visit some friends up there it's the freedom is part of the ra rationalization as well mm -hmm. um, but I at this point I've shifted my mindset into trying to figure out a place to settle down and really dig in roots and for a community. And with that, I think the long term in me just wants the ability to outright start a mortgage and start being that kind of bigger adult. So I think it's just the avoidance of paying rent and kind of getting into that whole kind of mindset has been keeping me in van life or in kind of this tiny home on the road living. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, let's get into a little bit about what you initially reached out to me about, which was, you know, cause I was covering or sharing a little bit on the planter recently in the community that, you know, took, took her own life, walked over to the other side, um, you know, however you want to put it, um, died 
basically, um, via suicide. And, you know, you reached out sort of saying that that wasn't the first person that you knew of who was living the van life, who has sort of dealt with, um, like these mental health issues, um, or has even, you know, walked the same path of suicide. And that was interesting to me because, I'd never actually really like put the pieces together or thought about that too much, but, but I've also seen like a similar trend. Like as soon as you pointed that out to me, I realized that some of the people I knew um, who had, who have committed suicide um, in the last couple of years were living uh, that type of lifestyle, the van life, or even just people I know who have like really struggled with their mental health were actually living in, like yeah trailers or vans or just some kind of like in general like mobile lifestyle and then there you know like that maybe there's some kind of correlation there basically um which is really interesting so yeah I'd love for you to share a little bit more on that and your sort of perspective on that and your thoughts on that basically and you know if if you think there is like a, a connection there and, and your own experience with it yeah, absolutely. So what kind of opened my eyes a little bit is it's it's honestly just come from a, a place of relating. And the first thing that came to my mind was like, this person was alone. And most of the time that I can think of in my van lifing experience, I've spent alone other than the past year that I've had my own dog. And when things get pretty tough, I can totally feel my own experiences. And it, it's really drawing to be living this like alone sort of self kind of outcasted lifestyle in a sense, just because it's so hard to make roots places. And you kind of do idealize this freedom and I think that's kind of part of it in a sense is that it feels like sometimes we're just pushing things away, I guess. Mm. But it was just a quick kind of relation that I had that it was like, I also met a friend earlier this spring and he was telling me a story of how drugs were kind of taking over his life at the time. Mm -hmm. And I asked straight up, um, kind of where did it all start? And he was going through a breakup and he was living in kind of a big trailer with his partner at the time. And he kind of got stuck there and was alone for months at a time. Drugs weren't helping him and they're kind of making it worse and he needed to get out and thankfully he got out and came tree planting and that relation and that story kind of was another tell of like that all happened when he was alone and so I think that's the big relation that kind of all of us can gather in this van life community is that we are kind of lone wolfing it a lot of the time um i know numerous people who do it they do it well i know people who struggle i know people who just enjoy what they do so we're kind of all in our our own shoes and our own experiences and what we're dealing with so it's so different from kind of other people in a sense that like you do have to take an extra step for every one of your life necessities mm -hmm. and everything is a little bit tougher than just going home at the end of the day jumping in your own shower throwing a meal in your microwave and kind of getting through it there's just a little bit more stress every every step of the way mm -hmm. yeah and you know, from your own perspective, obviously, you know, you spent some time like, um, 
not living in a van obviously before you transitioned into that like in your 20s so I mean obviously a lot of these issues can still be occurring even if you aren't living like in a van or a trailer um you know where there's isolation and aloneness you know that could easily happen in like a house or an apartment or whatever um but I'm curious you know and maybe the stresses um and like the added stress is something here that you mentioned and just off the top of my head to like the idea of community, which you talked about earlier, where, you know, it's hard to keep up long-term friendships. Um, but yeah, I'm curious, you know, if those things you think for sure are a factor that, you know, might contribute more to that aloneness and maybe these, these struggles with uh, mental health, if that, if those kind of things contribute more than sort of quote unquote, like regular life would, if you like weren't living in a van or if there's, you know, any other things that you think would also, you know, contribute to it from van life versus like apartment life or like regular life, however you want to call it. I guess it's just like, I find myself doing better with it personally when there's a lot of structure involved. So Mm -hmm. I think the, like the nine to five life uh, and having that, regularity of where you're going home it it gives the mind that sense of security mm-hmm. and so when I have kind of consistent work and when I have like a, a set in stone plan it's just really easy to go by I don't know if I'm really like touching on kind of the question exactly but Yeah, I mean, no, it's like, because I think a routine, I mean, even if somebody feels like they always fly by the sea of their pants, it's like, we are kind of creatures of habit, like, generally speaking, just being human. So, you know, when I look at, you know, because it's, you know, we can't really, like, read into somebody else's suicide. But if I just, like, touch on it really lightly, it's like, you know, this happened in the fall, like, right after the planting season, which to me would feel like, you know, because I know how I felt my first planting season, like after I finished university, where then it was just like, now what? Like, now what the hell do I do? Because I have like, an infinite amount of options of what I could do. And all of a sudden, like, the way my life has been for the last like 23 years, or whatever, the structure and routine I had is now gone, and everything's blown wide open. And it's like, you know, now what? So that reminds me to a little bit of like what you're talking about here. Cause that reminds me of the planting season where it's like, you have a routine, you know, where you're coming home to all the time. You, you have a job, things to keep you busy. Um, and then, you know, like immediately after the planting season, you know, maybe you're traveling and doing things. And then the fall kind of sets in like, you know, for, it's a little bit different for those of us on the coast, but then like for everybody else, it's like September rolls around okay, summer's over, festivals are done, you know, other people are going back to their other things. And then, you know, for you, then it's kind of like, well, now what the hell am I going to do with myself and my life? So I feel like that could also, you know, be a, an interesting point, you know, and I think the depths of winter is also another time, but like just that initial, that initial period now where it's like, you have to sort of create an entirely new, routine and a new way of like living basically I don't know if you sort of like agree with that or how you feel about that but oh I totally agree it's fall is interesting because like there is work out there and it feels like there's lots of work out there but when you really like get down to it a lot of it's kind of hard to get into especially if you're only in your first or second year of tree planting so you think that there's all these opportunities coming your way. You kind of set yourself up. Yeah. All your friends go back to school or they start heading back East kind of wherever they, they originated from and where they, they winter and yeah, you're left kind of, what do you do? And this kind of happened to me. Um, There was a pretty dark couple weeks that I had last season, just after I was um, done up in Stikine, which for anybody who doesn't know where that is, it's uh north of Karis, British Columbia. Yeah, it's a fucking horrible contract. Hours. So you got Stewart is your closest closest town, which is bordering with Alaska. 
Yeah. And so this is absolutely nowhere. I spent a little bit more money that summer than I thought I I probably should have mm -hmm. and put a little bit more expectation on the contract than I should have. And at the end of it, I had a couple extra problems with my camper. I had just a little bit too much weight in it and tried putting it up on the truck and a jack kind of bent and almost made the whole camper fall over. And when I go to leave and clean up all my stuff, not being able to do that, and then everybody's packing up and almost gone, and I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out parts and drive to and from Terrace, and something doesn't work, and I'm kind of stuck there for a couple of more days. And then the next, next problem was that I uh, ran out my battery, and now I'm stuck 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 up in Stikine. luckily there were some hunters around that helped me out but just those added stresses when nobody else was around kind of beyond the season started to really set in and i was kind of just stuck in limbo kind of figuring out okay like i gotta figure out a winter job now and i'm stuck up in the Stikine. what do i do i've spent a lot of money kind of setting myself up for this winter, but it hasn't even gotten here yet. And I'm not totally prepared and everything's kind of starting to fall apart. Now what do I do? And um, you're just kind of running through your mind, freaking out a little bit, kind of when, when tree planting's all said and done and it's now, yeah, what what's the rest of life bring? And you're alone and it's definitely stressful. So I can totally relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, I don't know if you've struggled much with it yourself, but just like for, yeah, people who said, you, you know, who have um, sort of lived a similar lifestyle, the van life and have struggled with like mental health, um, you know, from your own perspective, obviously, like this is not saying one's right or wrong the other way for all the listeners who want to want to go that route um it's not the case but yeah like whether you think it's you know a good or a bad thing or just like your thoughts in general on you know mental health struggles and van life and like you know do they go together should they go together obviously from like your own perspective and experiences um yeah like do you think it it contributes to you know what people are maybe already going through or or that it could be a benefit or just yeah all your all your thoughts kind of on that I think it's so situational mm -hmm. um because like you think about it and you you can watch your friend pick up a, a steal of a deal on a fantastic vehicle and life's going great kind of from afar and it and it works for them and then you try and do your own thing and it doesn't quite line up. And I know that like looking back on some of like my struggles with kind of the more serious events that have happened with vehicles breaking down, lost keys, whatever, whatever it may have been. Some of those times are like some of the darkest days of my own, my own mindset. So when I know that I'm struggling. I can absolutely relate when other people are having their own issues with their vehicles, with trying to find work, trying to line up kind of the next thing. I 100% relate when it, it does feel tough. It does feel like you've just failed yourself. Kind of, It costs thousands of dollars to get yourself into a good van. And then if it doesn't work out the exact way that you were hoping for, and to everybody, hope is not a good plan. So plan well, and you might set yourself up well. But to say whether people should or shouldn't do it with the things that they're battling, I don't think that's any real thing that anybody can even judge on. Mm -hmm. I think it more comes down to just being aware that that 
that loneliness that you're setting yourself up for is going to be there. There's going to be times where it's tougher than others. Um, somebody said it best that there's a rule of thirds. A third of the time, everything's awesome. You're waking up to beautiful views. Third of the time, everything's just okay. You've got your job set up, your mid-tree planting season. And then a third of the time, it's dead of winter or fall and everything sucks or you're broken down and you're stuck. So just being aware and being aware of your friends that are out there doing that and just sticking out that community, even if uh, just to be there for your friends that are living van life, check in on them. And I just, I think that's the the big idea is the awareness more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can even relate to that just like as a, a human, um, you know, who is just living a human experience, going through things good and bad. I definitely think that third rule is like very true. Um, yeah, and it's like, I, I think anybody wants to feel like, anybody wants to be checked up on, you know? whether you're like living a van life or not. Um, It's always nice to know people are thinking about you, caring about you, wondering how you're doing, all that kind of stuff. Um, Because it definitely feels more alienating when that's not happening, especially like if you need it. Because if you're always the one like having to reach out, it just feels kind of shitty after a while. So um, yeah, like regardless of van life, regardless of, you know, mental health struggles, yeah, I think that's, that's like a neatly, like a human thing too. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's wrap it up here. Um, I'm curious, you know, I always ask this question. I'll kind of, I'll, I'll make it like a two-parter of, you know, what is one piece of advice you would give anyone who is considering van life? Um, and then, you know, the second part to that question would be anyone who's considering going planting next season. I think it would just be to the accept that tomorrow could always be worse than today but you can always make today a lot more fun because mm. I think it's, it's all a game of mindset. Tree planting, especially is just mindset. Mm-hmm. Tree planting and van life, in my opinion, kind of are hand in hand in that you're out there kind of by yourself, tree planting, you're pushing yourself to make your own money. And you know what, if you can do it with a smile on your face, I think everybody in the world will win. Yeah, I mean, definitely good advice. I could definitely see the parallels between the two. And obviously they're they're also just like really intertwined in general um, because a lot of tree planters live the van life. So yeah, thanks for coming on and sort of sharing your perspectives and insight into into the van life. and yeah, why you choose to do it and why you choose to still continue doing it. And um, yeah, just just everything that you've shared. So really appreciate it. I really appreciate you reaching out. I'm honestly, you know, if somebody ever did like a study on it, I'm curious if there is like actually a correlation between, you know, mental health and van life, you know, maybe not because everything's so nuanced and complex, but yeah, I'd never thought of it that way. And And when you pointed it out, it made a lot of sense. So it's just, it's just interesting. No, thank you for being there for being able to like open this up as just a a topic of conversation that people can kind of think about that. You know, what's out there. It's, uh, it's something that I've personally gone through and kind of figure out my own ways around it. And I know everybody has their own experiences. So I don't know, just start sharing the experiences. Talk to your friends about not just the great days, talk about the bad days, because 
people that aren't aware can sometimes just overlook it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much again. And um, yeah, happy, uh, happy winter van life. <laughs> thank you so much.